but he is a recruiting analyst for On3Sports.com. After all these years working for another syndicate, now he's part of On3Sports.com, and that is our guy, Billy Embody. Billy, first off, congrats on the new gig, man, and how you doing? I'm doing well, man. Thanks a lot for having me. I appreciate you coming on as per the use. And first off, you know, this LSU recruiting class, it's a little interesting. A lot of the guys already were kind of, in my mind, locked in. Guys like Walker Howard, Will Campbell, I, and the list can kind of go on and on. But when you just see the way this class turned out, especially for Brian Kelly, when it was all said and done, the dust is cleared. What are your overall thoughts on the recruiting class? Yeah, it's a good class. I think it addressed a lot of needs really well. Um, you know, I think you're you're going to have that that question if you're an LSU fan of, oh man, you know, they missed on the in-state guys like Trevante Citizen and Jacoby Matthews. But at the same token, they came away with the number one linebacker in the country in Harold Perkins, who grew up an LSU fan in New Orleans. And then they went out and got a really intriguing corner in Jalen Davis Robinson, who's got elite speed. He's got some tools. Uh, he's still raw to the position, but he's got to develop a little bit more. And they filled some needs with that. And now they have spots available for the transfer portal to address still. So all in all, I mean, I think the class, especially the way they held it together for the most part, uh, that was really impressive to me. And, and um, you know, LSU fans with the transfers they added too should be really excited. They really should be excited. And obviously you brought the fact you missed out on a lot of key guys. And one of those was without a doubt Danny Lewis Jr., he commits to Alabama after seemingly looking to be locked in. He's out there doing dances with um, Brian Kelly the weekend before National Signing Day. Then all of a sudden, things kind of flipped. What was kind of the big like reasoning why he wanted flipping over to Alabama after seemingly being a lock to go to LSU? Yeah, I think one thing a lot of people you know thought about Danny Lewis was just you know, him being a Westgate kid and, and new Iberia has been very good to LSU and not many players have left the state uh, when they had an LSU offer out of there. But I think with Danny Lewis, you know, Alabama recruited him for a while, uh, Pete Golding before they offered and built a good relationship. Um, I think just overall, I mean, they, they probably just had the better relationship with him. Um, you know, I know LSU thought they were going to end up getting him on, uh, you know, after they got the official visit and, and they also had some relationships with Mike Denbrock and Joe Sloan and Sherman Wilson. Um, but ultimately, I, I just think for, for Danny Lewis, he, he wanted to go to Alabama, and that's that's what it came down to, quite frankly. Talk right now with our guy Billy Embody of On3Sports.com. And you just looking at – you brought up Harold Perkins. He's without a doubt one of those you-can't-miss opportunity guys. You brought the fact grew up an LSU fan and just seem to be locked in, ready to go, and him making this commitment, do you think he could be one of those impact day one guys in that linebacking core? I do. I do. I think with his athleticism and size, he's got a chance to play early and play a lot right away, um, which is what you want when you sign a player like that at his position. He's really, really fast. Uh, he was productive on both sides of the ball uh, for Cy Park this year and, and last year. Um, you know, I just feel like he's... Uh, somebody that if he picks up the scheme uh, is going to be in for a lot of playing time early on. And um, that's what, again, what you want. I mean, you lose Damone Clark to the draft. You bring back Micah Baskerville. You, you have some young up-and-coming linebackers. But when you add a talent like Harold Perkins, you expect him to get on the field right away. And 
really make a push for playing time right away. And we look at what LSU did, not just the high school recruits, but I think it's the guys coming out of the transfer portal and landing at LSU, especially, and it was interesting to see a lot of Louisiana products make that jump over, namely, obviously, Noah Kane. You have Kyron Lacey and Makai Garner making the trip across the basin, which doesn't happen all that often. But I was intrigued to see those guys, including a Greg Brooks Jr., Joe Fusha, both coming from Arkansas, making the trip down to Baton Rouge. How impressive was what LSU has done over the last several weeks leading up to National Signing Day on the transfer portal, locking in guys that have a ton of talent? Yeah, I, I think just a lot of guys getting the opportunity to come back and play for LSU. It just meant a lot to them. You know, for whatever reason, they didn't end up there uh, coming out of high school, and, and now they get the chance to do just that. And I, I just think that speaks to the to the brand, you know, what LSU means to a lot of these kids from Louisiana. Uh, and then, you know, just kind of the opportunity they had. You know, it seems like every single one of those guys has an opportunity to really make a name and, and improve their draft stock and, and – you know, put an exclamation point on the end of their career um, by suiting up for LSU, you know, this year, next year, however many years they have neck, uh, left. And so um, I think that was the big draw. I think Brian Kelly bringing stability to the program also played a big factor. I can about imagine and talk right now with Billy and body of on three sports.com. And you bring up the stability and everything that's going on with the program over the last couple of years, where after the national championship, it's felt like there's been anything but stability with guys opting out in the transfer portal and Coach Ozron, everything going on with him both on and off the field, you kind of wondered like how much of all that stuff and all that negative publicity, negative press from other college programs caused them to jump over. And once they saw Ed Ozron's out the door, they've got a guy that's going to build a strong culture and kind of fix the system from within, if you will. How much did that play a role probably in a lot of those guys making the transfer and landing back in Louisiana. Yeah, I think that that's a huge part. You know, I, I think Brian Kelly, you know, not necessarily having the reputation of an elite recruiting head coach, but really just connected with these guys on a personal level, uh, sold his plan, sold his vision for LSU. And it's something that I, I think really will stand out whenever guys pick LSU under Brian Kelly, just because, you know, he has the experience of being, you know, that winningest, you know, coach in, in college football history right now or the activist, uh, active coach uh, winning. Uh, and I, I feel like, you know, his ability to put together a good staff, let great coaches coach, um, you know, really stands out. Uh, he's not somebody that, you know, you always heard about Ed Ogeron burning up the phone lines at midnight or trying to work a flip or this or that. You know, Brian Kelly's going to let his guys do their thing, and uh, he's going to be the head coach that, you know, comes in and has, you know, key conversations with recruits and, and then lets them, you know, make their own decisions and, and go from there. Whereas, um, you know, Coach O really, I think, wanted, you know, a lot of the recruiting credit and, and uh, you know, skins on the wall. And, you know, looking at the way LSU is working the NIL stuff, I mean, we're obviously we saw Gordon McKern and he's starting to make deals. Guys like Keishon Boutte are making a ton of money. But when you think about what they're also doing, they announced yesterday they're going to embrace the custom football jerseys through an historic co-branded program with Fanatics and also Nike to where the players can get money off of that. How big is that to see that happen? And right now, like today, it feels like we're not seeing Alabamas of the world. We're not seeing the A&Ms or the Floridas of the world kind of embrace that. 
but we're seeing LSU do this. How big is that going to be for recruits going forward in this short term? Because obviously in the long term, all these other colleges and universities are going to have like branding deals like this. Yeah, I think like you mentioned, they're all going to have the branding deals for the most part. Um, but I think just one thing LSU has, and, and only a few other schools really have this, is just that fan base that'll buy up those jerseys left and right and, and you know, really invest in the players and, and get their opportunity to make money off those jerseys. I think that's what stands out, you know. Um, I was talking with Jalen Davis Robinson, and he was just saying how big the fans were uh, as far as, you know, just pursuing him and tweeting at him and letting him know he's got the support at LSU. And uh, that's something that stands out when you talk about the potential for these guys to make money off their, their jersey sales, and um, that, that'll stand out, you know, for years to come. Sidebar, if they had that back in 2019, how much money else you would have made with the Burrow Senior Day jersey? Oh, my gosh. They would have just raked it in. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, that would have like, been great for Joe. He would have had a nice little nest egg even before the NFL. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Got a couple more before, yeah, before I let you go. And looking at just the future of LSU and what you've seen from Brian Kelly in the first couple months, how much brighter do things seem right now, especially in the football front? I mean, a lot brighter. I mean, it just stands out in a big way. You know, the stability he's brought to the program, um, you know, 2023, I think, has the potential to be a really elite class for LSU. And, uh, again, just letting his coaches do their thing and, and, and get them into the, the best position to have a, have a great class. And the last one I got for you, I want to flip it over to basketball for a little bit. What's been going on with Will Wade's team as of late? Because it's been, it's been wild to see this team go from being – a strong team headed into conference play. You're undefeated, and now you've lost five of your last six contests, and especially the way things started against Ole Miss on Tuesday night has got me a little bit concerned. Yeah, absolutely there's concern. I think if you're if you're the team, you've got to get one under your belt and, and get back to the winning ways and go from there. You know, I think just getting back on track after, after all these injuries will be key, and uh, I think they've got a good chance to get the first win uh, in Nashville against Vanderbilt in the Will Wade era today. I, I think somehow they get it done. Billy, thank you so much for coming on, my man. We'll talk to you down the road. Enjoy the rest of your weekend, man. Anytime. Thanks for having me.